Today is October 30th. The World Series is underway. The offseason is getting closer and closer. We talked about pitching last week. Let's talk hitters this week. You're listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Yins guys, thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast where we talk all about them Pittsburgh Pirates and that. My name is Josh and I'm joined as always by my brother Jake. What's up, Jake? Hold on. Frustrated. Sorry. I had you muted. What's up, yeah, Jake? Yeah, having a, having a rough beard day over here. I'm frustrated about it, man. <laughs> I got to go to work in a little bit and I look like a crazy homeless person. <laughs> What in the world? You should see what you should see that's under this hat. It's awful. It's been two months since I've been to a haircut. Since I've been to a haircut? Yeah. I started saying that and I was like, well, I'm just going to roll with it now. <laughs> Barber, whatever you want to call it, man. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, the World Series has started. Heck yeah, man. Uh, the offseason will start very soon. And. Uh, if you missed last week's show, we talked about starting pitching and some of the options that the Pirates have and what they could do and, and stuff like that. And this week, we're going to go into mostly first base. Let's not beat around a bush. Mostly first base. Um, and then maybe throw a few other things in there as well. Basically, uh, taking a look at what it looks like as the Pirates go into the offseason and, and some of the free agent options and then basically talk about you know, talk circles around each other, I guess, talking <laughs> about options <laughs> for anything else as well. Um, and I think that's, uh, there's there's some options that are very common and, and we'll get into all those. But first, let's talk a little bit about this World Series. Friday night was one of those, maybe uh, you would, if that was like a game four or a game five, that would have been like the World Series defining game. Mm-hmm. It would have been like, remember 2023 with that game four, game five. Maybe we'll look back at that game one, but then like Saturday night, the Diamondbacks kind of put it to them, which, uh, you know, the, the, the nickname Answerbacks, right? And they did so. Um, it's still just a 1-1. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I'm very consistent in saying this. I don't care what the score is. A win's a win. You win by one run or you win yeah. by eight runs. It doesn't matter. And so uh, for me, uh, it is what it is. It's just a win. And so mm-hmm. the, the series is even. But that game one was so exciting. It was incredible. Back, and, back forth. and forth. Just, man, it was good. The Seeger home run was unreal. And that, I mean, they weren't. he's no stranger to the postseason and being great in it. Um and he really hasn't had the greatest postseason up until now. Kind of makes you, um, kind of makes you feel good when a guy that's that you expect to be there gets to show up. Yeah, I like that. I mean, it, you want to see that, especially going into this World Series, where a lot of people were kind of like, ah, "I'm not interested." Two wild card teams, and it's like, well, what's the difference between the Rangers and the Astros and the Phillies? 
going into the World Series. Nothing. They all had 90 wins. All yeah. three of those teams were 90 and 72. So the I know the Phillies were a wild card team too, but they were a lot of people's like they were my pick, right? And I think when the mm-hmm. pl- when the playoffs started, a lot of people really catch on to the Phillies. They were all the same. But you talk about the 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 Astros specifically who were a division winner, like it wouldn't have been any different. Right. Now, the Diamondbacks, on the other hand, with 84 wins going into this thing, I could see people saying, like, ah, we don't really and that's and that's one of the fears, right? That's one of the fears of the of the World Series and letting these people in is does it make the World Series less interesting if um and we talked about this it was it's been a couple weeks now right where we were talking about the playoff format and all those things and we were like it's all fun to see the upsets until you get to the finals and you've got two teams that aren't the best teams kind of battling it out and it feels a little like you got a little bit ripped off as a fan um i think that both these teams are not letting us feel that way but going into right. it, I think a lot of fans were like, you know, I kind of wish I was looking at the Braves or the Dodgers. And mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the Astros or, uh, yeah, help me out here. <laughs> I You want to say like Baltimore, but like I don't even think yeah. that the, the average fan or the, the casual Rays. fan, are, they're not even looking at those teams. They want to see the Yankees and the, yeah. they don't know that the Yankees weren't good this year. Right. But, you know what I mean? You just look at teams like that and say, who, I mean, you know, obviously not the Twins, but it's really just the Astros or, and, and I think a lot of people don't want to see the Astros there, so that worked out. But Texas is fine. They want, you know what I mean? You kind of do wonder if if maybe one of those other teams would have made it in if people would have been a little bit more interesting or interested. I don't know, though. I yeah, think, I mean, like if you're watching, if you're watching the postseason, though, you're seeing all this unfold and you're, you're seeing two teams that are getting so hot and I, you, you go into the world series, just hoping they don't collapse. That's the thing. Yeah. When does you know it I mean? run out? Yep. But, but at the same time you're watching it and, and you're, you're developing kind of your own little pool of players you're rooting for mm-hmm. like, i like watching what Cattell Marte is doing right now i think it's fun to watch you know 18 games uh now he's got the hitting streak in the postseason like that that kind of stuff's cool that's history man yeah that's a record i mean even merrill kelly stepping up and pitching the way he did after you know what i mean a kind of an mm-hmm. interesting career and and everything like that and i mean you've probably got your guys you said Cattell Marte i mean i'm i'm kind of glued into I got guys on both teams, really. Uh, I I want to see Christian Walker kind of get show up a little bit in in the mm-hmm. big moment. Um, also, another guy that's had kind of an interesting path there. I mean, I, I'm not a big Corbin Carroll fan necessarily, but uh, just I just you know I just don't. Wanna, he's he's incredible. Yeah, he's going to be rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. You're talking about a guy who what 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 was his stat? Sixty stolen bases and twenty four homers. The first time a rookie's ever done that. Twenty five and fifty. Twenty five and fifty, something yeah. like that. Like it's just crazy. And so you know you just what a what a talent. And then on the Rangers side, um, I mean they're they're all over the place. Evan Carter called up in September, and he's hitting third. Yeah. <laughs> what? Right. And you get an I mean, opportunity I, you, you to get, do that. The three-hole hitter off for Arizona, Moreno, like he yeah. just became their three-hole hitter. 
not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Is in the postseason, wasn't it? He's the other one too. Yeah, he's the other one too that I that I really like. Been a Moreno fan. I mean, that's we got receipts from that last year. I talked about how much I liked him last off season. Um, but either way, when he was still with Toronto, you know what I mean. Um, but also um, Josh Young at third base, mm-hmm. just showing up. That play he made yesterday was ridiculous ridiculous and then he made an error later they kind (laughs) of but the game was already probably over at that point um adolis garcia obviously has been ridiculous Uh, keeps writing that story and i've always been a big Corey seager fan i just like him um i probably started liking him because i liked kyle seager his brother in seattle (laughs) and then so then Corey came onto the scene in la and i was like yeah i like that dude too (laughs) (laughs) anyway it's fun to, to watch these games and kind of, I mean, especially with Arizona, you know, I've got some friends that are like, man, like I started watching this postseason. I didn't know any of these guys. And I was like, makes sense. They haven't been really mm-hmm. relevant uh, if they have been there. You know, like Cattell right. Marte, who's been a good player. Christian Walker, who's been a good player, but you don't hear about them because why would you? They're they're irrelevant. Playing somewhere in the desert. Um, I mean, didn't Marte win a batting title a couple of times? Has it been a couple I think he's won two batting titles. But you see what I'm saying? And Christian Walker won a gold glove last year. He'll probably win it this year. And you just like you just don't hear as much. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and it's it's good to say, like, hey, no, let's pay attention. I mean, Cattell Marte's been a good player. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it's, the Friday night was awesome. Saturday was a it was still a good game for a while, and then it kind of blew open late. Um and if it wasn't for Nate Bargetsy being on SNL, I don't know if I would have stayed paying attention that much, but I was up anyway. You ever you ever watch SNL anymore? No, it's awful. <laughs> That's the first time I've watched it in a long time. But Nate Bargetsy was on it. That's our favorite comedian. So we watched it. It was all right. <laughs> He's a funny guy, man. All right. Let's go ahead and get into the Pirates stuff um, because – the World Series will end either Wednesday, Friday, or Saturday. The next time you hear from us, it will be over, and it will be the offseason. And we will already have probably on Sunday, next Sunday, we'll probably have a slew of roster moves made. You know what I mean? At least by Sunday. If, I mean, yeah. if, if one of these teams gets hot and ends it on Wednesday, like, yeah, I mean, it could be either one of them, right, if they sweep in Arizona, if one of these teams sweep, then it'd be over on Wednesday. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Be over Monday, on Wednesday. Tuesday, Wednesday. So, uh, let, I mean, I think it's worth it to say, let's jump right into first base because I think that's the big one. And I think that's the one that everybody knows without a shadow of a doubt. We need to make a move at first base. There's questions of other positions. We'll get into second base a little bit and and talk about that, which seems like that's a never-ending discussion, who will step up. (laughs) Um, But also maybe, you know, maybe sprinkle in something else if if we have time. Um, Well, I hate to say, you know, we just had a conversation about Christian Walker. We didn't even mention Nathaniel Lowe, but first base is thin. Yeah, it is. It's weak right now. I took a trip around – yeah, I took a trip around. I'm going to go ahead and just use that. I took a trip around the league looking at their first base, uh, mostly like their starters, but also their depth. Now, if if they're a free agent, they're really not on this list. You know what I'm saying? 
Mm-hmm. But I'm looking through and I'm like, who's who's doesn't who's in the same position? Colorado's first uh first baseman that's on their list, like I, I'm not lying. I, I don't I have never heard of him. And so I don't know if I don't know if they're if they lost one. Who played first for them last year? Did they have CJ Crone? I know he's been there, but I'm like completely thrown well, they off. Traded, they traded Crone to the Angels, right? I don't know. I feel like CJ Crone hasn't been the Angels for a long time, but uh, that's what I'm saying. That's how wrong I, I feel I am about it. He was with the Angels. Oh, he, he they traded him back to the Angels. He was with the Angels. I was say I thought he came up with the Angels. He did, and they traded him last year to back to the Angels. Um, let's see who else played first base for Colorado last year. It was this guy. He played 85 games. <laughs> I just uh, I'm at the uh, it's uh. I'm reading the pronunciation on Baseball Reference. <laughs> El Lauris Montero. E-L-E-H-U-R-I-S. El Lauris, El Lauris Montero. Okay. And he played a little bit last year, too. Shows you how much I pay attention to Colorado. <laughs> I would have never come up with that name, with especially El Lauris yeah, but I do remember Montero. I do remember the name Montero playing for them. Couldn't couldn't have told you it was their first baseman. <laughs> and it, and it looks like I mean, that's mostly their option. I mean, obviously they had Mustakas for a while, and he played some first base as well. Um, and then Michael Toglia is their their prospect that's supposed to be coming up and and being really good. And he got a cup of coffee last year as well. Did not go well. But like you know, some of these teams are are saying now. I don't know how hard Colorado is going to push this off season. I don't know where they're at. But even like looking at Miami, it's Josh Bell, and there's nothing. Yeah, Atlanta. I mean, at least nothing that you know of. Right. And the, the the prospects that are that are underneath aren't even on their top list. You know what I'm saying? So like that's what. And if they are, they're not close. I was looking at teams that were like double A, triple A, high on the prospect list. Is all I was really. I'm not, I'm not looking at stats, dude. I was just trying to get through and and take a look at depth. You know what I mean in general. And so, you know, it, it's there's not a whole lot out there. There's some teams out there with very little as far as depth goes, and it, it just goes to show that like, yeah, these guys, some of these guys are hitting free agency. But if you've got a first baseman, you're probably gonna try to lock them up or something. I, you know what I'm saying? Like I, yeah, I don't know where you're at. And this goes for the free agent market too, because of the fact that these teams are locking up their first basemen in a way. Um, there's not a whole lot on the free agent list for first base. The Pirates have Rivas. They've got um, Connor Joe is, is outfield. You know what I'm saying? They got Jared Triolo. They could play some first base. We don't really know though. You know what I'm saying? And then mm-hmm. when you start looking through, I mean, we've talked about Malcolm Nunez before, and that hasn't been working. Mason Martin is another name that we've brought up years and years, and it just isn't happening. Aaron Shackelford, you know, last year we had a, a small conversation about him. These aren't guys that are willing that are ready to come up and take this job. Right. So this is obviously position of need. And the most common being talked about right now. Uh, is Carlos Santana. He's yeah, expressed interest sense. in coming back. 
The Pirates have expressed how much they liked having him. Um, I'll just start with this. Where where are you on this? Uh, I won't. I wouldn't hate the move. Not really looking for that move. I'd rather one one good. I'll say I say I wouldn't wouldn't hate that move because you know mutual respect between two parties. Uh, he was good for us. He did play well. He's also aging. Yeah, I mean he's going to be thirty eight. Every year, we don't year. have to give up anything to get him, right? So just a free agent transaction. So that's good. Yep, it's just money. Well, it's, it's, it's like the the negatives is like he's just aging. We don't. No matter what he's done in the past, at this point, we don't know what we're getting. He's going to be. I think moving into this, I think you would prefer him to be a platoon player, and not because he he's not capable on one side of the plate or the other. He's a switch hitter, but because he needs days off. Yeah. And you have two guys in Connor Joe and Jared Triolo who could see time at first base against left-handed pitching. And I think that you'd be happy with that. And I think that that would open up an opportunity for something else to happen in the lineup that does this. So let me ask you this. If you stay internal, how, I mean, what are your, I mean, I'm asking the questions here. I'm not coming up with the hot take. This isn't my answer. I'm asking questions here. Is Henry Davis an option? Is the arm too good to put him there? Or at some point, do you have to say, we, we've got we've to let the arm thing go. We need him to play somewhere where he can play. Facts. I, I, that's <laughs> where I stand on that. Like, yeah, dude's got a great arm. And I, I liked him in right field because of that arm. But at the same time, it's like often... Do you actually get to throw people out, like get the chance to, especially once the league knows you have a good cannon? They're going to stop taking the extra base. Yeah. You know that. I do know that. So, but that's good. That's having him out there and keeping yes. people from taking the extra base is better. Yes. You're not wrong. But at it's the not same as time, <laughs> it's the same, <laughs> at the same time, you look at catchers and, and, and they usually, usually, can pop out to the corner infield spots and do well. Yeah, the problem is is that I don't know that his skill set behind the plate and what he lacks behind the plate isn't what makes those guys work out in a corner infield position. You know what I'm saying? Like, Right. Yeah, that, that's also fair. Like um, the, the part of his game that, that needs the most work is the part that would make him work out in the corner infield positions. I, I You know, I, I think... Um, I don't know. I, I they're gonna say what they're gonna say. He's probably not done being a catcher. Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly what that looks like and and how they work everybody in a catcher. I just think I just think this guy. I, th I think we can get him more playing time because while he showed struggles this year at the plate, I think he struck the ball well. Just was kind of a little unlucky a lot and just think this dude's going to be a really good hitter and I want to be able to utilize him more than just when he's catching. And, and, and I don't like, I'm not a big fan of uh, carrying three catchers where one's a DH a lot. And like, just not a huge fan of that. Like it, it's, it's something that can happen if that's what you got. Mm -hmm. But, but with, with Andy and delay, do we even really need a third catcher? I mean, it's always okay if he's still working there and he's still, like, able to catch. And, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't ever want to tell him not to. Um, 
How, well, I'm just processing some things here. Sorry. Right, right. No, <laughs> That's, you're fine. It's because it's, you're fine. it is a bat thing and you want his bat in the lineup. But at some point, you've got to stop messing with players. Mm-hmm. He struggled at the plate, probably large in part by the fact that he's learning a new position. He's got a full offseason to, to commit to right field. And yet they've gone in and they've said, our plan is for him to catch. What you're going to do is you're going to make it even harder on Andy Rodriguez. We talked about this uh but the Pirates, not not you and I, right? The Pirates right. have talked about this before with Andy Rodriguez. He was bouncing around, moving around, playing second base, playing corner outfield, playing first base, catching, all those things. And he was struggling at the plate. And finally they said, just catch. And he took off and had a great season at the plate because he just yeah. got to catch. Yeah, You keep moving these guys around, and it's difficult defensively and their bat is going to suffer because of it. I mean, if you remember what ruined Pedro Alvarez's career, the fact that he couldn't throw the ball to first base. Mm-hmm. Once he got the yips, it bothered him so much he stopped hitting. Yeah. They moved him to first base. They tried first base. and He was kind of hitting, but he wasn't the same. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it eventually killed his hitting. He was in Baltimore trying to DH, and he couldn't because there was just it had it already taken its toll I mean, there's so many players you can look back. Some of them overcome it. Some of them don't. And if you're not, uh, you know, world-class, you know I mean? Pedro Alvarez was a good player, but he had his strengths and weaknesses, right? Power was a strength. Right. His arm was a strength. <laughs> it just wasn't. Right. Uh, it wasn't when it, when he couldn't throw it accurately. Uh, but, like, he was always going to be a guy that was going to strike out a little bit more, and you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But he was also very clutch in, in 13. Uh, you know, had an RBI in every postseason game was critical to their success. You you start moving or th- defensively things start going wrong, and the whole thing will fall apart. And that's what happened with with Andy Rodriguez two years ago in the minors, when they just finally said just catch, and he settled in and raked. So go ahead, tell Henry Davis he can catch, and start moving Andy Rodriguez down. And Andy Rodriguez isn't going to be able to hit, right? And he never showed up last year because he was so focused on becoming a better catcher and this is to be honest with you as much as we cry about bringing guys up because they're raking we saw a perfect example last year of two guys who were supposed to be impact players for this team called up to the pirates and weren't good because neither one of them were ready and i hate saying it because i wanted them up too but we were proven that neither one of those guys were ready for the major leagues. And until you're saying, like, if if Henry Davis, who was raking, they said, we got to get him up here, we need a bat. And then you got him up there and you put him in a position he hasn't played, and he worked so hard at that, I'm just telling you, like, does it have to mess with your hitting? For me to say, for you to say, for any other fan to say, no, why does it even mess with your hitting? That's defense. But look back at history, and it does. It does yeah. with everyone. Well, it messes with your psyche, and your psyche to carry to the plate. I had no idea that we were going to get into this today. Yeah. Either way, <laughs> we went into Henry Davis there unexpectedly, and we've got time for that today. We're okay. Uh, we can adjust that. But the thing is, is uh, you know, a couple concerns with Henry Davis, though, is if he's catching, you know what I mean? If you're figuring stuff out there, you're figuring, that's good. 
Um, if he's able to DH on days that McCutcheon's actually able to play the defense, where last year the you know the arm or the elbow or whatever kept him from playing defense, if obviously we're assuming he's getting re-signed, <laughs> I think we can just move forward with that assumption. Right. Um, if it doesn't happen, we'll adjust. <laughs> but uh, for now, I think that he will spend some time in the outfield. But also, if anything would happen in center field, and and Sawinski would be the right fielder, I think you'd be in a good shape there too where Henry Davis would only have to play right field against lefties or something like that if you were able to platoon. If we had enough players that you could platoon Sawinski because you have to get other people in, I'm okay with it. If you're just outright going to platoon Sawinski with somebody like Connor Joe just to do it, I'm not okay with it. I think you need to give him his at-bats and let him figure it out. But um, all of this because we're trying to fix first base. There is no long-term option, Jake. There's nothing that I'm looking at right Right. now. There's no long-term option. The best you're going to get is a two-year placeholder, and you've got time to figure something else out. I looked at the free agents for next year. There's nobody out there. You know what I'm saying? And Mm -hmm. so, you know, that's the thing. But let's kind of go down through this. Let's throw a couple of these these free agents out here. Um, And I'm going to start with... um, it's going to be out of order on your notes here. I'm going to start with G-Man Choi. Is there any interest in a platoon with G-Man Choi? And, and we're going to assume Connor Joe, Jared Trill, or the righties in this platoon situation. Is there any option there for you? Again, it's just one of those ones that I, I, I wouldn't hate it, but wouldn't be excited about it either. Yeah, I, I'm actually in the camp on Choi uh, where I would hate it at this point. I just yeah. think that's yeah because I think that he's not he's a he's a wild card. Did he get one hit? He got two hits with San Diego after the trade. Yeah, but I I wouldn't hold that against him. San Diego is just a toxic environment right now. Well, that's very true. Did you see Bob Bob Melvin got signed uh-huh. with the Giants and they didn't even ask for anything in return, like to right. talk to him. They were just like, yeah, go ahead, dude. They're just it's a mess there. Mm-hmm. Which makes me want to go back to last week and talk more about trading for Joe Musgrove. <laughs> I know that he probably doesn't want to leave San Diego because he's got the no trade clause, but mm-hmm. maybe right now might be a time <laughs> that they <laughs> that he'd say, you know what, I know what it's like in Pittsburgh too. I might head back there and see that thing through or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, that yeah. would be interesting. But anyway, it's a mess there. Uh, yeah, I. <laughs> Maybe, but I just think that that whole thing went. I I didn't like the way that that whole situation came to be with the trade for Troy, with the injury, with them not really ever showing up for anything. I mean, there was a there was a moment, and then that's all it really lasted. How about Brandon Belt? He's a he's he's a quality hitter, good first baseman, good first baseman. It's it's. it's a, and here's the thing. There is no flashy pick. There is no, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to say it. Like, no, you're no, 100% right. There's no yeah. ringer. There's no guy right. that says, like, this is the target. He's going to be the best option right now, and it's without question. There really isn't. And if you go after a guy like Brandon Belt, who um, who will be 36, is that right? Yeah, 36. You're talking about a guy who 
uh, you're, you're certainly platooning once again, even if it's just for days off, but you've got Connor Joe and Triolo there that you'll want to get into the lineup against lefties. Um, at first base, assuming we'll, we'll we say that Connor Joe, I, I'm going to assume we do still have Connor Joe. I'm going to assume that at this point, I I would assume that he's going to be there. Uh, it's kind of hard to argue it tied with, you know, Key and Reynolds in doubles last year. Um, he was consistent all year. I mean, he he's not going to be an all-star, you know what I'm saying? But right. he was, he was better than I thought he was going to be. And, uh, I, I think that, I think that he's, I think that he could be part of this team and, and be a good asset with, you know, 300 at bats, 350 at bats kind of a thing. You know what I mean? Rather than what he get last year, more than that. <laughs> just say more than that without thinking about it. But, um, 413, uh, but you're talking about 472 plate appearances, take a hundred and some off that, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I think you yeah. get, I think you get a better player, but still, you know, the numbers are, are quality there. You know what I'm saying? He's, he was above average, 107 OPS plus above average. I, I look to see him back for sure. But, um, I am reluctant to, until there's somebody signed, this is going to be very unpopular. I'm not letting Rivas go until we have somebody. Yeah, that's fair. Until we need to. And to be honest with you, he's got an option. He's got a minor league option left. If you hold on to him and you're able to to option him to Indy, best case scenario, he gets optioned to Indy, then you got a little bit of time on him. You know what I'm saying? Like not like I said, not that I'm counting on him by any means, but we've got no first baseman in Triple either. I right. know that we're saying like Nunez, Shackelford, Martin are all there, but like, dude, nobody's taking anything. So if somebody gets hurt, who do you want to come up? Mason Martin or Alfonso Rivas? I mean, maybe we'll figure that out. But at that point, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I just don't yeah. know what else you're gonna do. Those are kind of my platoon options, man. I don't really see much else. Not really. You're not taking a flyer on a guy like Eric Hosmer. No. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to... Jared Walsh, he had some good years in LA and then... And then he didn't. What are you going (laughs) to... I mean, like that... This is a guy who wasn't even... Like, he's a minor league free agent. You could pick him up for AAA if you want want to see if you can find a diamond in a rough and play him in Indy. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're not you're not going there. You're going Brandon Belt. You're going G-Man Choi. You're going Carlos Santana. Now there is one other guy out there who could be available, and let's talk that through because it's going to be similar with last week where I'm going to aim a little bit high here. Um, unfortunately, same team. But how about Reese Hoskins? Bryce Harper just moves to first base. I think he'll probably stay. I think that might be the plan. Um. Certainly, if they don't extend the qualifying offer to Reese Hoskins, he would he would be going, and uh, and Bryce Harper would would sit at first. But they still have the option of Harper also playing some outfield, and I don't know, putting there, there's there's options there basically without going in. It doesn't matter. We're, this is not a Phillies podcast, <laughs> <laughs> but I I just feel like it's possible, right? Mm-hmm. He's only going to get older from here, so you may as well keep him healthy as long as you can. 
He seems to handle the position pretty well. The more he plays it, the better he'll get. He's a former catcher, like you said, mm-hmm. about catchers. And also, I think Bryce Harper is that kind of guy. So if you're looking at that and you're Philly and you say, boy, we'd really like to bring back Aaron Nola, the way you do that is by letting Reese Hoskins go. <laughs> I mean, I know they've yeah. got a ton of money, but every owner will look to cut somewhere if they can. Yeah. And a qualifying offer is 20 0.5 million this year. And they will extend it to him. Now, if they do extend it to Reese Hoskins, chances are he just accepts it. He was injured all of last year. What he hit 30, 31 homers uh two years ago, ACL injury in the spring, having a great spring, went off in the postseason last year. Um this is he's a Scott Boris client. So there are a bunch of people who go, oh geez, here we go. <laughs> but the thing about Scott Boris' clients, I mean, look at Bellinger, look at um, San Francisco, uh, Michael Conforto. Conforto. Conforto was injured mm-hmm. for a full season, went and signed a two-year deal. Technically, a two-year deal, but an opt, uh, opt-out clause after the first year, right? Or maybe yeah. it was a mutual option. Is it listed here? Mutual. Well, I'm thinking of Bellinger. I know Bellinger was mutual because we looked that one up right before we started. Yeah, he can opt out of of the remaining one year. Conforto can in 18 million, which he'll probably actually opt in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, we were looking at Bellinger there uh, to see what his deal was because while he's you know a great center fielder too, which we could also use, get Santana and Bellinger if he's out there. <laughs> you can sign Bellinger long term if you want. Yeah. Question is, with all these players, any of these players, we've seen Bellinger struggle. Will he struggle? If you sign him long term, will you for, will you regret that? I don't know. Either way, I'm looking at Reese Hoskins here because with that Boris client, so Bellinger, I brought we brought up Bellinger. We were looking at him because he's a Boris client as well, and he mm-hmm. signed the one year deal with the or the two year deal, but it was a mutual option for the second year. So they both have to agree to it, um, which is essentially an opt out, <laughs> but it also gives right. the team an opt out as well. Hoskins or, or Boris for Hoskins will probably look to do one of his uh, pillow contracts, right? Isn't that what he calls them? Pillow contracts, something like that, where he does a one or two year deal to uh, as kind of like a prove it year. And he's young enough, Hoskins is, that a prove it deal could work out for him going into age 31 season, missed all of last year. There might be teams that are saying, we'll see. You know what I mean? And so for a, a for a guy like him, he could go out to free agency again at 32 after a monster year. You know what I'm saying? And then mm-hmm. show up. Um, if that's the case, you could probably pay him a, a, a pretty good amount. If knowing you're only going to do, there's no, we say this all the time, no bad thing. No such thing as a bad one-year deal. Right, yeah. It just it doesn't exist. I'll sign him for whatever I want. I'm in it for this year, and then I'm done. But also, with a one-year deal, you have that, if if he's part of the reason why we're competing, awesome. You know what I'm saying? That's when you kind of hope well it's spent. a two-year deal, right? Money well spent. If we're not in it, and he's doing awesome, then you also have the ability to trade him and... And who knows, you might, you always can say this, you always can say this, and it's never the right thing, but it is something that sits there is 
You get a guy like Santana there who the plan was the whole time, be a leader, help our guys grow up. We're probably trading you at the deadline so that you can be in the postseason, right? It's probably, mm-hmm. that's the plan. And he loved it so much, He's one, he wants to come back. That's your dream. If you could do something like that with a Reese Hoskins. Now, that's not going to happen because he's going to go make huge money afterwards. So it's not like you're holding your breath for that. But right. if he could be a guy that could, eventually you have to figure out first base. Yeah. And you might say, like, we got to figure it out long term. The problem is, like I said, I looked down through, not many teams have figured this out long term. No. <laughs> Just, it's a thin position. And I think that part of it is that players aren't going to first base earlier in their minor league career. They're sticking at whatever position they're at. And you can't, first base, a lot of people feel like you can just put somebody at first base and you're good. And that's just not true. No. You've got to play the position. You've got to learn it. All right. What do you think? What do you think about? Bryce Harper will tell you that because there's, you know, he's, he's, as well as he's handled the position, there's been things. Hmm. There's just been things. Footwork at the bag. Yeah. There's things. Well, not to mention the fact that he even got an opportunity to work on first base before he could throw. Yeah. Even before he was back DHing, he was working out at first base because he knew that could be the quickest way, you know what I'm saying, to get back. And so this is something that he committed to when he didn't have to go play the next day. Or, you know, and he didn't have to do his regular work at any other position. He was exclusively working at first base and hitting when he could hit. And... So that paid off because he had exclusive time to work out there where a guy like uh, Henry Davis was just getting bombarded because we we were told he was working on catching this all, the whole time too. You know what I mean? That guy's going yeah. to the field and is on a 100% sprint from the time he gets there and then, oh, now it's time to play yeah. a game. You know what I mean? So he's got an offseason. He should be working out. If I was him, I'd be working out at first base as well. Yeah, I mean, it's the biggest hole was, on our team. If I was Jack Sawinski, I'd be, I'd get a first baseman's mitt. Who did I say that about last year? I said that about somebody mm. last year. I said, you should you should uh, get a first baseman and start learning Cal the position. Mitchell. Cal Mitchell, yeah. And I don't know that he did. No, but, like, if I was any of those lefties, I'd be like, get me a first baseman's mitt. Let me start just throw stuff across. Let me start fielding ground balls. The offseason is the only time that you can exclusively work and then show up in spring and be like, hey, guys, by the way, if you need me. Right. Imagine somebody like Jack Swinsky, who's a great fielder. He's got a good arm, average arm, Yeah. you know, according to StatCast and everything. It's right there in the middle. Covers a lot of ground. He's a very good outfielder, but could that translate to just being a good fielder in general? You know what I mean? Does that mean he works hard and he, you know what I mean? I mean... Imagine something like that, because that could work out more long-term. Yeah. Either way. What do you think about Reese Hoskins in particular? Do you think that that pillow contract is a thing? If 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 he gets the qualifying offer and turns it down, are, are you saying, nah, not worth it, especially if it's not going to be long-term? Like we said, that's a, that's a second-round pick that you lose. Right, and, and we all know how draft picks go in Major League Baseball. Not always. True. Not always pan out. Um, but, but it also could be a Mitch Keller. you also Keller. want it. Right. You also want the, the pick. You always want the pick. Um, 
I'd hate to see another one of my organizations lose a bunch of draft picks. Um, <laughs> uh, but I mean, it's a, it's a, I, I wouldn't say no to it cause he's going to be a good player. And, but if he's only going to sign that one year deal, because yeah. even if it's a two-year deal, there's an opt-out. I guarantee right. Boris is putting an opt-out in there. Yeah, 100%. So you might only have him for one year. Yeah. And you might even say this, though. If you do lose a draft pick for him, you're getting you're likely getting one back or at least a young player back by trading him, which is inevitably what they're going to do. <laughs> Unless right. they're in it, he's gone. Right. right. Really? Yeah, I'm... I think if 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 you want to go like a one year option, I think a trade would be better than losing a draft pick. Yeah, and I know you're going to lose actual players mm-hmm. rather than a, a, a fictitious player. We'll say you know because we don't know who that X is. Yeah, um, but you start your time over and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, get all that. But yeah, I mean, are we? Are we built? Are we built for the 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 trade right now, where we have kind of a I don't want to say a surplus of average players, but we can kind of do. Yeah, uh, you know the you know quad A players. Like I don't know. Yeah, all of our up and coming prospects aren't jumping in and and Corbin Carroll in this thing. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, right. They're just not taking off, and that's one of the things that that the Pirates have really lacked with their prospects is they've had a lot. And some of them have shown that, you know, really good promise, but none of them have been Corbin Carroll. None of them have been Evan Carter. None of them have been, you know, these guys that are coming up right now and like, we can't wait. You know what I mean? We can't wait, but the rest of the league's like who? Right. (laughs) Now, I I know part of that is because they don't pay attention to the Pirates at all, but, um, but, you know, the other thing is, is they just didn't come up and start taking off. I mean, even Cruz, you could say, is a guy who had we brought him up as quickly as we brought up uh, Henry Davis, like he would have been the same. Instead, he got to be exciting when he came up. Yeah. Um, and I'm not making a case that we leave guys down. Like that's not my that's not my goal here. I, I'm just calling things out the way that they've happened. You know what I mean? Right. And right. hindsight. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. And the next guy I want to come up, I'm gonna want to come up too. You know what I mean? Like let this. <laughs> Only because they're filling a hole that we have, right? So I'd rather go with, I'd rather take that chance than than play Josh Van Meter or whatever. Oh yeah. So uh, man, that poor guy is just always going to be the one that we go to. <laughs> um, the, the the problem with this year is that next year you can't say like, let's just do a one year deal. Who's coming up next year? Nobody. <laughs> Nobody's yeah. coming up next year. Um, and so maybe that makes you look at. Uh, a trade. I mean, possibly Josh Bell, Pete Alonzo. I mean, those guys aren't Anthony Rizzo, Paul Goldschmidt, actually Christian Walker that we even talked about, but it'll be 34. Right. So right. What, right. what are you looking at there? It'll be his first chance to get paid to. He's going to look for probably a four or five year deal to finish out his career in a way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, who knows, but then you're looking at the trade route. And you almost have to. But like I said, I went through the teams. Who has players? And I highly doubt if Arizona is where they are right now. You've got Paven Smith, who's your next guy. Mm -hmm. 
But imagine working something out with Arizona to get Christian Walker now. You know what I mean? Like it's a one year yeah. thing. They know it's a one year thing. They can get something back in the offseason. It's possible. I, I I doubt it. But he still would only be a one year thing. So you don't have to give up quite as much. You know what I mean? You throw throw like a pitcher. You know what I'm saying? Like something like that. You, you throw him there. Maybe you can you can pry him away. Maybe Arizona goes after somebody bigger like a Reese Hoskins and then. And that could be the case for any of these guys. I talked last week about possibly trading for Dylan Cease and including Andrew Vaughn from the White Sox in that. And that would be a significant haul, and you'd be giving away really good players. Right. But Andrew Vaughn could be that guy that actually could be a longer-term option at first base. Mm-hmm. And maybe Christian Walker isn't because he's right-handed. I mean, you almost you almost indefinitely want a left-handed hitter coming to Pittsburgh. Maybe Reese Hoskins doesn't work for that reason. If I'm going to have a bounce back year and hit 30 homers, I don't want to go to a place that's hard to hit a home run. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't think right. I want to sign with you. Maybe he wouldn't make that choice because a right-handed hitter isn't going to opt to do a, a a bounce back season at a place where he can't hit home. I mean, it's harder right. to hit home right. runs. Yeah. You tell Cincinnati they want somebody, they're going to be like, uh, Yeah. Look what that did to Nick Castellanos' career. You know what I mean? Right. Certainly signing there. But I don't know, man. Uh, is there anybody if is there anybody that you could even possibly think of that could be like, well, maybe they don't even have the depth, but you know, I would I would think of like a Minnesota Alex Kirilov could be a cool option that would be a longer term option. Pittsburgh area per kid, you know what I'm saying? But they've got yep. nobody else in their system. They're not going to let him go. They're probably going to, unless they are going in after a guy like Reese Hoskins. They just won a division. They're still going to have Correa. They're still going to, you know what I'm saying? They still got their mm-hmm. core there. Maybe they go after a big first base option. Yeah, I mean, it's first it's base. I, I don't, it does. It's, and it's, and that's why I keep like mauling over my own dang words because I'm like, I just, it's a, it's abysmal right now to try to figure it out. This is the thing that I've heard some people bring up, like Lamont Wade Jr. Um, I think it was the um, uh, when four one two was on with us. They one of them brought up Lamont Wade Jr. as a as an option. I believe uh, does that ring a bell? I think so. Yeah. 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 And so you know that that could be. I mean, they've got some other guys that 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 could be options there. Um, once again, I think he's possibly a one year fix thing. I think he's gonna one or two, and then he's going to free agency. So, like, there's just not a whole lot there. Seattle's got a list of guys. I've heard people talk about Ty France being a guy going or coming from Seattle that Seattle should should do. I didn't like the options, but Ty France didn't sound bad. You know what I mean? They've got a couple other guys they could play there. If they did make that move, they also could be in on some of these free agents as well, which, you know what I'm saying, like anybody that does that can – have a guy that becomes uh, expendable in a way. Uh, it's just hard to tell. But either way, it's thin and it's not good. Yeah. Even a couple of the guys I was looking at. Uh, yeah, Travis Blankenhorn is a guy that I was looking at a little bit uh, for the Nationals. Triple-A guy. Played a little bit of Major League Baseball. Not great. Not great numbers in, in the pros. But guy that's kind of blocked. He's... 
I looked it up. I just I shut my computer down because I was losing some internet stuff. But um, hasn't played a ton of first base either. Played 42 games last year at first base in the minors. Um, but another guy that would be not a good, not like a, ooh, let's, let's go get this, you know, not an exciting pick, pick up, but somebody that's out there. Uh, that would be a lefty bat, but a right-handed bat I was looking at is, is Luke and Baker for St. Louis. Like you got Paul Goldschmidt there. This dude's freaking six foot four, two eighty. <laughs> There's not a ballpark this guy can't hit the ball out of. He had like 33 home runs last year in the minors. Mm-hmm. But just a just a big, just a huge guy, a lot of power. But one, you're trading that, in division. And two, you've yeah, got yeah. you've got Goldschmidt becoming a free agent after next year. And that and that you know what about Goldschmidt? Right. I think if, if you're, you're getting gonna, anybody from gonna, St. Louis, you're, you're getting gonna, Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah. If you're thinking about getting Reese Hoskins instead, this is where I was like, I think I'd rather trade for one. Why not try to trade for Paul Goldschmidt? Yeah. It's not a lefty bat, you know, that, that, that we're talking about, but right. it's Paul Goldschmidt. You got a 36-year-old first baseman. You're talking about going and signing a 38-year-old, so what's the difference there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, actually, <laughs> it's not a bad it's not a bad thought. And, and you know, you this is a, you know, gold glover over there as well, so it's not like you're, you're mm-hmm. losing anything there. You're gaining. Um, it is a one-year thing as – most of these options are going to be, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, it's really frustrating. If you're going to make a splash, then I say you go all in. And and for me, that looks like um, the Dylan Cease, Andrew Vaughn type thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I just don't know if you'll see them make a move like that. I don't know that yeah, you'll see I, them go for it like that right now. I'm looking here. Yeah. Earliest free agent for Andrew Vaughn is 27. So you'll have him for three years. Mm-hmm. Now, those are our beers, all three of them. You know what I'm saying? But, like, mm-hmm. you deal with that, right? That's fine. Right. It's his first beer coming up. So if you're able to work that in, a guy like that who has, you know, numbers have increased every season essentially a little bit of a step back this year as far as the overall game but like mm-hmm. you're talking about a guy who uh you know average wise dipped down but he increased in power really just increased in games played so maybe that's the increase in power but uh <laughs> the idea is i mean he had 15 home runs and 127 17 and 134 21 and in 152 but you have 152 uh games being played you know what i'm saying like you this is a guy who is a left-handed bat am i right oh he's a right-handed bat so that's that's a little bit different he is a right-handed bat i I was thinking he was lefty but you know ops plus uh the last two years has been better than i mean this year it was a 101 so you're right there but as this guy continues uh this was age 25 season so 26 27 28 you're hoping this guy kind of lights it up a little bit but he is a guy who you can send out there every day and feel better than what we've been sending out there aside from maybe carlos santana but you can do that for three years plus add a guy like dylan cease you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and that would be a shorter term but and that's absolutely the best option that we've talked about 
and I just didn't want to go back there. I was just trying yeah. to think of some other things. That sure. Are possibilities, not even things that I necessarily would love to see, just some random possibilities. But what, what, the further you go down that, and this is, I think, the point you're trying to get to, maybe, uh, the further you go down that, the closer you are at just playing Rivas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And just letting him give it a shot. It's just, I mean... At that personally, point, at any of those points, you're better going after Santana. It's just me personally. You you have a height requirement at first base of six foot. And Rivas like five ten. Uh, maybe yeah, five ten. If you're getting hung up on two inches, though, <laughs> it's a big that that from from six foot to to five ten is a big two inches. From six two to six foot, it's not as big of a difference. We had five eight, Chavis playing there. I know, and I didn't like it because he was 5'8". I think you can go back. I think what you said earlier, we have receipts. I didn't like it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, but Carlos Santana's 5'11", and he was very good there. Yeah. So you're literally talking about an inch, and Rivas is probably more athletic than Santana. So, yeah, as far as like right now, I think you're comparing Carlos Santana versus any other option because he wants to come back, and they want him to come back. So I think that is that the easy button? Is that a cop-out? If they sign Santana no. early, are they just being aggressive and getting the guy that they like? Or are they just saying, like, ah, I don't feel like checking in with these other guys? There's just not. We just did a little bit of the homework. There's not a lot there. So yeah. I think it, I think it's an easy button. I don't think it's a cop-out. Yeah. It's a quality major league player. Okay. And I think that's the thing that, that's the thing that gives me pause is when I look at it, I say, are we just going to do this? You know what I mean? Like, they're not even going to make an effort. But I think Carlos Santana is probably better than that. And, you know what I mean, is is a legitimate option to bring him back. I would like him to check in on Hoskins. I would like him to check in on some of the other things. But Yeah, maybe some of those trades. I'm Just not see gonna... who's available in trades, at least. Yeah. Have some conversations before you sign Santana. Yeah. Kind of like last year when it was like, oh, we're going to trade for Choi, and then Santana becomes available, so you sign him. And it's like, don't do that. Do right. one. Let's not right. screw up first base even worse Let, by getting multiple players there. We've got other positions that we could be, you know what I mean? Like, mm. I mean, look, we didn't get into it, and we're out of time now, but second base, nobody's stepping up there. And maybe we'll just carry that over into next week and and make that part of our conversation next week um, so we can wrap this thing up. But second base is certainly a position that um, somebody has to take hold of. And we have what I consider to be a lot of talent going after that. Yeah. We just need to know. We just need to have somebody step up and take it. And they're all still young. So Mm -hmm. they still can. um, Depending on what happens this week uh, with the World Series and if it ends quickly and there's a bunch of moves made and Sunday's a wild circus, we may not get into second base discussion next week. But. Um, if it ends on Saturday night, chances are we'll we'll talk about second base next week and uh, and maybe you know outfield options or whatever. But this is that time of the year, man, where you know the the World Series is exciting and everything. But for for all the teams that are out of it, you're kind of just waiting mm-hmm. or you know just enjoy the World Series right now. There'll be plenty of time to look into this uh, to look into the off season and to react to all the moves that are gonna be made. And all those things, all the things are coming up. Yeah, off season's about to be here, and 
I don't, you know, it's always exciting for people like us who pay close attention to the team and, and, and everything. So it's an, it's, it's equally and not equally as exciting as watching baseball. Um, maybe sometimes more exciting, <laughs> not equally as engaging as watching yeah. baseball and, and not <laughs> enjoyed, but, um, hopefully they give us a reason to be excited this off season. Yeah. You got anything else, man? As we, before we get out of here, do you have a, I mean, World Series is at 1-1. Yeah, dude, I'm not even going to try to guess. This This is going to be crazy, I think. Yeah, I, I'm kind of at that point right now, too. I just really want to enjoy the games. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's really players on both sides that I'm getting excited about. And, yeah. and want. I just want to see how this kind of plays. You're not rooting for somebody. You're just watching good baseball. That's it. That's what I, I don't want to see a bunch of games like last night. Unless they're just back and forth, and then at least the series has a story. Yeah. All right, guys, we'll talk to you next week. Let's go, Bucks. Let's go, Bucks. Thanks for listening to my dad and Uncle Jake on the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two Bucktober. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. Clear the deck, cannonball coming, and let's go, Bucks.